0: So this week TDs are on tender because it is the boundary commission time. The Electoral Commission is changing the way the Dole constituencies work and where they are, and adding up to 21 new TDs. And they're all a little bit nervous about it. Let me explain. Let me explain with Sean Defoe and News Talk Original. So on this week's podcast, as you have heard, we are going to be looking at the electoral review the constituency review that's happening is going to be out at 8 a.m on wednesday morning so we're sort of looking ahead previewing it today and basically this is all because of the limit in the constitution the constitution says there has to be one td for every 20 to thirty thousand people in the country as determined by the census and the last census showed there's a whole hell of a lot more people in ireland so the government has given this newly independent uh, electoral commission The task of redrawing the constituencies and where TDs should be, where it is that you will be voting and adding somewhere between what's going to turn out to be somewhere between 11 and 21 new TDs, 181 is the maximum that they can have. So to talk about this, uh, I am delighted to welcome the Minister for Electoral Reform, Green Party Junior Minister in the Department of Housing, Malcolm Noonan. So Malcolm, what exactly is it that's happening this week?
1: well first of all it's the first uh, big piece of work that the electoral commission which we established earlier this year will have to do and uh, an important one the the boundary reviews so we're I suppose everyone in politics is eagerly anticipating the outcome of the uh, boundary review and certainly the things we know will be that uh, we will have a larger doll uh, in the next uh, next, uh, after the next election uh, that we'll see possibly up to an extra 20 TDs so it's um, it's certainly going to be interesting and the fact that we are restricted to three, four, five four seat or constituencies under the legislation um, that is going to has, I'm sure, created, as Arto Leary uh, has stated, has created a challenge for the Commission in its work, but there's no doubt um, it's going to be eagerly anticipated uh, by all involved in politics. Was that a mistake? Do you think to put that limit of of three,
0: four, and five seaters on it? Because there's a lot of constituencies that you'd look at and say actually a six seater there would make an awful lot of sense.
1: Well, well, certainly six seaters would have uh, made the commission's task a lot easier. But that's uh, what we legislated for. And uh, my I, my own view, and ter- you know, and I would say I would say this as a member of a smaller party that six seater multi seat constituencies uh, certainly favour smaller parties and. Favor the diversity and and would uh, lead to greater diversity in our political system, uh, where three largely three four seats uh, will uh, favor the larger parties, and that's we've known that uh, throughout um, our history. So I think there's no doubt that um, it is. Uh, you know what I'd like to see over time is a much more diverse uh, doll. It's certainly not representative of the people who live in Ireland right now, and uh, you know it's it's not. Uh, uh, I suppose, supportive of um, bringing minority candidates forward. I think the Commission has a, a larger role to do in the education and awareness uh, part of its work and the research part of its work to encourage minorities to participate in our electoral system. But that also brings in onus on political parties to ensure that they are bringing people through uh, who are from minority backgrounds. Mm. Is that a
0: worry for you? Not only as a small party TD, but Kerry as a and uh, and government Donegal TD, and maybe the Carney divisions, two three-seaters, go... that would favour a party that's getting a large vote like Sinn Féin in the way it favoured Fianna Fáil in the past.
1: Well, well, certainly. I mean, it, it's an independent commission; it, it carries out its work uh, completely free of of the political uh, inter- interference. So, I think uh, the outcome of the next election, based on on this boundary review, will most likely uh, favour parties. Uh, such as Sinn Féin and, but also I think the other two big political parties. So there's no doubt um, that um, it, it will create a challenge for smaller parties uh, to get elected. I mean, I, I'm elected here out of a five-seater constituency. I was last elected, I was probably uh, elected on pos- possibly the lowest first preference vote in the country. So, you know, I think if someone uh, like myself can get elected in a, in a five-seater constituency from a small political party, that shows that there's a robustness there in our political system that um, is is good for politics and it's reflective of our PR system as people vote down the card on on a ballot paper. Um, but I, I, th- I think we'll wait and see how the how uh, first of all the boundary review pans out and then how that reflects itself in the next general election, which is due uh, uh, early in 2025. So
0: on that, as people listening will probably know, the reason that we're doing this is that the the there needs to be a TD for every twenty to 30,000 people in the Constitution. That's the way it, it was set out. and The population has increased massively since 2016. It's based on census number of citizens rather than number of, of, uh, of voters. Is that something that you would like to see change? I've seen you writing about this, that maybe that that was introduced by De Valera way back when isn't necessarily fit to have an, an ever-expanding doll into the future.
1: Yeah, I, I think, again, going back to what um, uh, Arthur Leary has said, that our country is, is uh, increasing in population by two TDs a year. So we've had a massive explosion in, in population over the last number of years. And certainly from De Valera's time, when it was in, initially anticipated, we had a very low uh, population in Ireland. And uh, now we're facing a situation where we're going to possibly have a doll size of 182 TDs that will continue to increase exponentially. As the population increases, and I would be of the view that we should uh, task the commission with looking at how we might cap, uh, look at other jurisdictions, and how we might possibly cap the the number of TDs in our Dáil, uh, to make it certainly to uh, and and look again at, at the multi-seat six-seater constituencies that would hopefully bring about a more diverse Dáil, but also uh, remove that parish pump element where our, our many of our TDs are acting like local councillors and uh, dealing with issues that. Really, they sh- you know I think this should be left out with uh, independently, and uh, and I, then again I I would think that we would get um, a legislator over time that would be focused on national issues uh, with a, a ceiling on the, on the number of TDs in the Dáil, and hopefully then over time uh, start seeing people elected through our political system that are from more diverse backgrounds, from traveller backgrounds, from ethnic minority backgrounds. Again. Much more reflective of, of a diverse Ireland, and we look at the representation of women. We've had a, a again, a, a very welcome increase in the representation of women in the third and third but it's still woefully low by European standards. And I do think that um, the Commission has a, a really important role to play in in both sides in terms of the promotion of of, um, of participation in politics. But secondly, I, I would like to see it have that that role, that added role, in looking at other jurisdictions and how we might. Look at possibly a cap on our doll size.
0: What would you think would be your fair number? Is one eighty? Is one sixty? Or in around that?
1: Yeah, I, I think in, in in writing about it uh, today, I I suggested one sixty. Um, again, you know that that would be down to an independent piece of research. But that's you know the current doll is I think is a good a good size in terms of its numbers numerically. Um, population will continue to increase. We certainly don't want a situation where you know the UK where it's you know, that, you know, that first pass the post system, that distance that uh, the electorate have, that voters have from their politicians uh, has become a, a huge gulf. I think, you know, one thing that's good about our democracy is that uh, people can still approach their TDs or their ministers and and have that uh, those conversations with them. Um, but I do think that uh, we need more focus. Uh, you know, democracy is under threat right across the world. And we're fortunate in Ireland that we have a robust democracy and we have a good democratic system. And I would like to see that strengthened. That's the role of the commission.
0: Would you be in favour of, I forget is the name, a list system or a panel system? They have it in some countries whereby you elect a certain amount of people on just a free run selected by parties. And then the other, there's another list you vote on that is, you know, very specifically minorities or people, you know, women or whatever. So that we have to elect a certain amount of people from such and such a category. Um, Is that something that could work in Ireland, do you think, or is it a bit prescriptive?
1: It, it may be. I think again. I would. I would like to see the Commission research this piece of work. and I think that's something I, I will be uh, asking the Commission to do. Um, I think we, we do need to look right across at other jurisdictions how it works. Well, secondly, I mean, I, I, I would be of the view that we, you know, we removed a tier of local government back in 2014 that I think was was uh, not uh, good for our democracy. And I, you know, I do think that um, we we need to look at the strength of local government as well. And that would, uh, you know, address some of the issues that we're seeing reflective in our doll, where a lot of the issues being raised by by deputies are really local issues that should be dealt with at a local level by councillors. So I'd I'd like to see a a strengthening, bottom up strengthening of local government and then look, asking the commission to look at how um, our our, into the future as our population increases and the increased diversity in our population uh, is taking place, that how we could strengthen our democracy uh, from what it currently is, and looking at the at the, uh, the report that's going to be uh, uh, released on Wednesday, um, what how better can we use our democratic system to see it become much more representative than it currently is?
0: Finally, then Malcolm I said the most important question for last: Is it finally time that Ferrybank and the surrounding areas were brought into their national home in Waterford, and Waterford is given a five seater in this uh, in this redraw?
1: We'll pass around. <laughs> I, <laughs> um, I would say I, I again the, the commission will see this. Um, we've had a, a, there's been a, a long running battle. I do think critically important and going back to that issue of local government, that local authorities, uh, where there are issues around boundaries, that they work collaboratively together for the communities that they represent, and whether uh, Ferrybank is included in Waterford in a, in a future review, or that we, um, you know, that it stays within within Kilkenny, um, I do think that it's critically important that local authorities uh, work on a, on a regional basis uh, for the betterment of their communities
0: Okay Malcolm Noonan the Junior Minister for Electoral Reform in Ireland thanks a million for that and now our second guest is somebody who's been on the wrong side of boundary commissions in the past it is the former Fine Gael, TD Noel Rock Noel thanks for, for joining me Thanks for having me so, yeah, look, remind us of your situation. 2016, obviously, you, so you, were,
2: um, you were first elected to the Dáil. Was 16 your first time or was 11 your first time? So, 2016, I, I was first elected to the Dáil uh, against the odds. Uh, my party, Fine Gael, had lost a good few seats on that day. Uh, but we managed to uh, run against the tide and, uh, and win a seat in a part of the world where we hadn't won a seat in over 20 years at that stage. And so then the boundaries were shifted thereafter in line with the census. Uh, and in the 2020 election, I lost out uh, quite narrowly, um, but purely as a consequence of the boundaries having shifted, where my main base of Drumcondra and Glass and Evan were taken from one constituency and put into a different constituency. And that is a fate that could be facing, uh, whether they know it or not, several of our current politicians uh, right now. And um, the report is compiled, it is sitting somewhere on someone's desk in a drawer, ready to go. And will be released on Wednesday, and will decide the fate of either future, current, or indeed soon to be past politicians. Because you were uh, to say you were very close is you
0: know is an understatement. It was a battle really between you and Paul McCalla for the final seat in in twenty twenty, and I think there was only less than four hundred votes between you on the first count, and really right up until uh, right up until the end, it was it was close enough. So that's what two thousand odd
2: votes in that area literally was the difference it was the, it was their seat versus you being no longer good. Yeah, so um the the 1400 votes that were reallocated from uh, if you like uh, Dublin Northwest uh, to another constituency um was definitely the difference for me in terms of being elected or not being elected. Um and and that'll happen across the map I suspect. Um you know, every every marginal seat is always held very tentatively. And even if you lose a single housing estate in a map redraw, that can start to have real and profound implications for the likelihood of you holding your seat. So when it gets to the scale of losing in a rural context, maybe an entire town or in some cases, maybe a constituency being suddenly cut in half, um, that obviously has massive and wide ranging implications. And for you then... How did that feel at the time? Because it's it's not
0: necessarily any reflection on your work as a TD in the area. You still got quite a solid vote, uh, which was massively different based on the parts of the constituency that were still in the constituency, even on a, a not a great day for Finnegale, So it must be quite a kick in the teeth because it, it wasn't necessarily anything
2: you did wrong, but some civil servant and Mandarin somewhere redrawing a line. It's always a, a difficult one to grapple with. I mean, on an apples for apples basis in the areas that we kept in my constituency, I actually did better. Even on a day where, where Fine Gael was doing worse, uh, I managed to improve my vote within the geographic areas that that I kept. Um, but it's always obviously a difficult thing to grapple with, the idea that at a stroke of a pen um, your votes, uh, your community, indeed where I lived was drawn out of my own constituency. And hmm. um, That's always a kind of a difficult thing, I suppose, um, for a politician to grapple with. But look, that's life. Uh, The boundaries have to be drawn somewhere. Um, You know, this is going to, Wednesday is going to see a big set of changes in order to accommodate uh, additional TDs. We don't know exactly how many people are saying around a dozen, give or take. Um, And accordingly, um, some people are going to gain in that, and some people are going to inevitably lose in that. And I suppose from my perspective, it's just always worth highlighting that when people hear 12 more TDs, they think, oh, well, it must be easier to get elected now. That isn't necessarily the case. It depends how you slice the pie. Mm. And
0: so how will your colleagues, and indeed, how did you feel ahead of the one that was in 2017, the, the redraw then? Like, how do you feel in the run up to it when you, you just don't know, particularly now when it's the Electoral Commission, which is completely independent of government? It, yep. I know as a journalist, it's not leaking.
2: A, a, it's politicians I speaking to, they're not hearing anything about what it is their future employment prospects it'd be something I'd be really keen to emphasize how completely independent it is um, people to this day assume that I have some inside track on what's coming up in the boundary redraw that isn't the case um, indeed in the redraw where I was really really affected I had no advanced sense of it or advanced warning at all it was a case of sitting in front of the web page and refreshing 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 it was actually like uh, waiting for your leading cert results mm-hmm. um, you know you knew the thing was written somewhere you knew your fate was sealed in a way but you just needed to see the thing to make sense of it all. Uh, And that's how it was on the day that that report landed. So I imagine every politician, regardless of how calm they might tell you they'll be, uh, is looking forward to this uh, with some trepidation. Um, Because until you know what map or what constituency you're going to be contesting for the next election, you could end up with just a bad bounce of the ball. And suddenly through no fault of your own, it doesn't matter how hard you work, um, you're up against it and instead of running on a flat track uh, you're suddenly running very much uphill mm. I presume it changes then how you canvass and how you go about your election strategy from here on in does it? You certainly um, you certainly end up wearing the shoe leather a little bit more knocking on doors a little bit harder and um, inevitably being a little more how would you say risk averse in terms of your campaigning etc etc and you know suddenly for me and um, the, the, the balance definitely shifted in as it was very clear that I was going to have to pull something incredible out of the hat to maintain my seat. And accordingly, some of my prioritization shifted. Uh, you know, you stopped doing uh, kind of internal activities like I was the, the secretary of the parliamentary party, for example. That would have necessitated maybe four to five hours a week of work. I had to set that to one side immediately and focus that block of time on the constituency more so. Um so yeah inevitably it will kind of change i think um people's workflow if they find that suddenly they go from thinking they have a safe seat to maybe not having a safe seat yeah uh, and it will change as well where people run. We've seen it before Frankie
0: Fien is the, the prime example, obviously, is his hometown of Boyle moving into this live legion constituency. Last time out, he moved entirely. It'll probably happen as well this time. excepting that we know nothing, as we've said already, or we we, we have best informed speculation. What do you think is going to happen, particularly in that North Dublin area um, where Fingal looks, something is going to happen, have
2: to happen in Fingal, something fairly sizable, and that will no doubt have a knock on impact? Yeah, it certainly will. Um, in North Dublin, it's clear that because of population growth, significant changes have to happen. That's the starting point at which we can assess this. Uh, from there, the building blocks as to what exactly happens or what flavour of change that is are particularly unclear. Uh, what we do know is that most of the growth in Dublin is focused outside that M50 beltway. So you will see constituencies like Fingal, and um, prospectively Dublin West, Dublin Midwest, Dublin Rathdown, Dunleary. And Dublin Southwest change somewhat or possibly significantly because of those population shifts therein. If you like the the inside the M50 Dublin, less subject to change. So accordingly, I imagine you will see uh, relatively less constituency change. Though of course that remains to be seen, and there is such a thing as the curse of the commentator. So, so if I have a five seat constituency in Dublin Northwest uh, upon the uh, upon the opening of the report on Wednesday, don't uh, hold it against me.
0: Norock thank you very much for joining us the former Finnegale td for dublin northwest who was um called out i suppose foot to the sword because of the last commission review going to be really interesting to see the way this falls now on wednesday morning they can do up to 21 i've been looking through all the different constituencies and looking through the census data because yes i just i am that nerdy if an election is like christmas and a budget is like a birthday I don't know where this falls. Maybe is it like Easter? Is it like getting an Easter egg? Maybe just some sort of little present for journalists because it's going to give us days of pouring over and go, oh, well, a thousand votes are gone from that town in Sligo, Leitrim to Roscommon, Galway. What what, what is that going to mean? You know, all this nerdy stuff. But it is actually quite important because this will definitely affect the next election, even if you think about it with the, the number of constituencies they recommend. So if we get a lot of rural constituencies going from five seats down to three seats, that gives a real advantage to big parties to the establishment parties it's a lot easier for a smaller party to get elected in a five-seater than in a in a three-seater it, literally the odds are so it, you need 25% of the vote to get, take a seat in a three-seater constituency you need only 16.6% if you're in a five-seater constituency so if you're in one of the smaller or middling parties if you're in the Social Democrats or if you're in Labour or the Green Party or it's so you know Solidarity People Before Profit any of these groups having a lot of three-seaters makes it a lot more difficult on you. And of course, by its very nature, that favours the bigger parties and whoever has the big win behind them, in this case being Sinn Féin. Case in point, maybe being Donegal. If Donegal, you know, last time around Sinn Féin got two out of their five seats, Piers Starty and Portman Lachlan, they got 45% of the vote. You could argue they left a seat out there, but they were being a bit careful because they had a bad experience with three-party three-candidate strategy back in 2016. But if that goes from being a five-seater to two three-seaters and Sinn Féin keep or improve on their 45%, then suddenly their chances of winning three seats actually becomes a chance of winning four seats. And it's those little margins, those little differences that will be the difference when it comes to forming the next government. Because Sinn Féin, even though they are riding way high in the polls, if they want to be in touching distance of forming the next government and leading the next government, they probably need to double their seats. Like, at least... The majority in the next all, if this goes to 180-ish, is going to be 90 seats. And at the moment, Sinn Féin have 36. You know, they are way off. They're going to need to at least be in the low 70s to have any hope of putting a coalition together. Uh, looking ahead, if you're wondering what's going to happen to your constituency, I think it's probably going to be four, five, four to six extra seats, I would say, in Dublin, all depending on what happens in Fingal. That's going to be the real big redraw, probably two extra seats in Cork I would maybe say three at a push, there's an argument for one in the city and sort of one in the county, Cork East is well over the population balance as are both Cork North Central and South Central but still probably only one TD between the two of them you've got all those ones that are probably going to split or could well split from five seaters, one five seater to two three seaters in Donegal and Kerry and Tip and Carlo Kilkenny and Lee Shaftley, Longford Westmeads. So you can see all of them changing. Um, it, it, interesting one would be Wick, Wick, Wicklow and Wexford. There is one extra seat between the two of those. They're both five seaters at the minute. So how they draw that up, I don't know. Especially given Wicklow's population really skews towards the north of the county, and a really weird situation where five, all five of the TDs in Wicklow are from Bray and Greystones. They're they're from both two towns up the north. So will they maybe do a North Wicklow? Combine North Wexford and Southwick Wicklow into a new constituency and then do a South Wexford? Possible. I don't know. Probably some extra TDs in the commuter belt, Kildare North, definitely. Um, Louth and Meath is a weird one. Louth is a full five-seater and needs, you know, needs to either lose a bit or to be split. But then a lot of Meath is actually in Louth. So could you take some of that mead out to reduce the number of people in Louth? Put it into Mead East give them an extra TD up to four or even up to five. Uh, other places, Westmeath, um, Longford Westmead needs an extra TD either between that and Meath West. The sort of a value for one needs to be so, a new TD for Galway. Galway split over three constituencies weirdly at the minute. It's Galway West, Galway East and Roscommon Galway. They could perhaps pull bits of Galway West and Roscommon Galway into Galway East and make that a, a bigger constituency, a four seater and that gives you an extra one overall look a lot of changes a lot of tinkering going to happen around the edges of of where where you vote may change after Wednesday you could be in a new constituency entirely I reckon 17 or 18 is where they'll land on instead of 21 I think that's probably the most logical figure but look who knows what do I know the politicians don't know either it's all in a report it's probably printed somewhere it's probably sitting in a back room now as an old rock said waiting to be given out on Wednesday morning and that. Well, that's when the fun will begin. Uh, thanks a for listening this week's bonus episode to get into political nerddom a little bit. We might update later on in the week with after this constituency review, but if not, but you'll have plenty of coverage on News Talk. I'll be on the Pat Kenny show on Wednesday morning talking about it and others throughout the week. Sean DeFoe presenting this particular episode, and we've got a fun one for you later on this week about the biggest ever hunt for Loch- the Loch Ness Monster. Big jump from constituency reviews to localist sponsors. That's what you get. And let me explain: it's a little bit of everything. torture you then.